Back in 2015, I was homeless. You think prison's bad? No, prison's got structure. The streets, there's what they call rules of engagement. And if you don't abide by the rules of engagement, you die. They have to pay a tax? Yeah, of course you do. You gotta be able to pay to stay on that block. People are down there because of convenience to drug. When you want something so bad, you go to any length. Any lengths. You're an animal. I've seen it. You know, I was a part of it. My guest today is Lang Martinez, a former homeless and gang member, and now an advocate in Los Angeles. He comes to the show to share with us what he saw on the street and how the homeless are trapped in the current system suffering from addiction and mental illness. The story that's not being told is 80% of them are addicted to drugs and 100% of the homeless have mental conditions. How would you end up in that situation if you didn't have a mental problem? What about the poor people? They got evicted or they, they're poor? None, absolutely none. You're not gonna put yourself or your family in a situation being around a bunch of animals that don't care. I'm Siamai Korami, welcome to California Insider. Lang, it's great to have you. Welcome. It's, it's great to be here. It's, it's an honor. I've never, with my mildest uh, imagination, dreamed of being here with you, sir. Well, we're excited to have you. You have a very interesting perspective because you were on the streets. You were homeless yourself. What was it like? What was it? Can you tell us? Well, I've been ho I can be homeless here and be homeless. I've been in L.A. I'm from the streets. So I've been down. I've been down off of, uh, you know, Vernon Western. I've been, I've been everywhere. So the street life is... Uh, it's a different mentality. There's a term, it's called the doggy dog world. Mm. You know what I mean? There's a term, you know, if you kill my cat, I'll kill your dog. The story that's not being told is if you're caught up in an addiction, that your addiction and your drug is the most important thing in the world, right? It's the most important thing when you're a drug addict. You know, an alcoholic having to drink. It's the most important thing he does. When you want something so bad, you go to any length. You're an animal. I've seen it, you know, I was a part of it. You know, you steal, you steal from your mother, you lie, you cheat, you call your family, I'll ask one more time, and eventually those people go away, you know. In the homeless encampments, there's different rules. It's called rules of engagement. It's a different lifestyle. You think prison's bad. No, prison's got structure. I've been to prison, you got structure. You know what I mean? The streets, there's what they call rules of engagement. And if you don't abide by the rules of engagement, you die. You die. Wow. Who, who sets these rules? Well, in, in every situation in LA, like uh, you interviewed a gentleman that I have a lot of respect for. Uh, he's an officer, uh, Dion, Dion Joseph, who yeah. sets the rules. The, the people on the street set the rules. It could be somebody from a neighborhood. And by setting the rules, the person that sets the rules, they say he has the Yavez. And I wrote about that when I was doing stuff in the encampments, the Yavez. The Yavez means you have the keys. This is the keys to your city. The Yavez, like the Yavez, Spanish, yeah. Right, yeah, you yeah. have the Yavez. Yeah. So you might have somebody on Fifth and Irwin on this makeup streets. That, that person, that belongs to him. And you know what, you gotta be accountable. You just can't come up and set up shop or put up a tent. No, you better understand what, what, what you, when you sign what the dotted line means, the dotted line means that you're gonna behave somebody. There's rules on every block. There's rules of every block, and with the, with the rules, if you break them, come accountability. Accountability is not nice. 
Can you tell us some of those rules, how it works? Because well, yeah, for us, we well, just well, see here, here in L.A., the rules are you pay taxes. So, I, yeah, I, I, you know, a long time ago, you know, when I got sober, I turned my life, and I have to say it to my Lord and Savior, I believe in God. He saved my life, so I don't, I don't live by that no more, the gang life, I, I, you know, or prison life. So, so, you know, people say, be careful. I don't need to be careful. So, so, so the rules are what come from the neighborhood. Depending on where the homeless are located at, that neighborhood controls what rules go into place. So you got different neighborhoods. You know, you might have, uh, you might have 18th Street, you might have, uh, you, you might have MS in one area, you might have the rolling 30s. Depending on the block in the area where the homeless are, come rules. So the rules would be is the person of the neighborhood is the one making the money, right? Because he's supplying, right? He's the supplying drugs, the right? drugs, right? Okay. So if he's supplying the drugs, and then you have that person on that block, that block, that corner, he's got the keys to that. We're not talking about the big guy, because I'm gonna stay away from that conversation, it doesn't matter. But you got the person that controls the block. So if he's controlling the block, he's getting it from the neighborhood, this guy has the keys, so the people on the streets are getting it from that guy. So the rules are, is that if you get something, you need to pay for it. You don't pay for it, and you're accountable, and you play by different rules, you get hurt. There's a saying, you know, it depends on how you get your hand shook, depends on how you get your money took, but it depends on get you, how you get your hand shook, you can die. Wow. So then the people that we see on the streets that are setting up tents in Skid Row. They have got to get permission. To, to get be, those. Yeah, they got to get permission to where they're setting up shop at, where they're setting up a place to live at, absolutely. They have to pay a tax? Yeah, of course you do. Of course you do, you gotta, be, you gotta be able to pay to stay on that block. You have to pay. Yeah, you got one person running things. It's called money in, money out. So they come in and collect every sure week? Sure every, every Yeah, year. the neighborhoods collect what's going in and whoever's running it. Some of these people that, are, that aren't homeless, they have houses, they end up living on the block, living like they're homeless too. And they control it from that aspect as well. Why do they do that? It's money, it's money. They don't care about they don't care about the disease of addiction or who they're killing. It's a lot so of they money can't involved. Sell drugs there. Is Absolutely, that it's that's that's our problem. It's drugs. You know, we got the methamphetamine, we got the fentanyl, we got the blues. I mean, um, you know, w w once you start something like that, it's called having a monkey on your back, and it's a monster, and that mo that monster has to get fed, and you got to feed that monster any length. Old country soaps are handcrafted long-lasting soap bars made on a farm in South Dakota with soothing natural ingredients without harsh chemicals that can dry out your skin. They can produce a creamy lather unlike anything you've tried before. Just a great American-made product that will leave your skin feeling soft and smooth all day long. The soap is multi-purpose. You can also use it for your hair, it's great for shaving, and safe for pets. Every order comes with an exfoliating soap bag. It can hold smaller pieces of soap and can prevent soap bars from slipping out of the hand. After each use, just leave the soap bar inside and hang dry. It will last a long time. This company does not sell on Amazon, so go to oldcountrysoap.com and reward yourself and your loved ones. Use promo code INSIDER and get an exclusive 20% off your order. Let's support a company that brings back traditional American values and American manufacturing. Now let's go back to the interview. So you were in these tents? Did you ever stay in these no, tents? I or you always, had, no, you always I had housing? No, I, housing? no, I stayed homeless in Oxnard 
and, and I stayed homeless when I came out here. Being homeless could be in a car, or you could be living in hotels homeless. So yeah, I've been on these blocks. I bought drugs. I sold drugs. I I I I used to. I came from a gang at one time. So you kind of saw the whole system in a sense. Right. Like I'm, I'm Hispanic. So when I did prison time, right, I I ran Hispanic. Hmm. I ran I ran Hispanic. Yes, sir. I was gang affiliated. For our audience to understand, what if somebody is not addicted to drugs and they got evicted or they they're poor? They want to set up a tent. Is it they're not gonna, how, how many there, of them are there? No, none. Absolutely none. Those people find some of those, those people. First of all, if you're caught up with circumstances that caused you to be homeless, you're not going to put yourself or your family in a situation being around a bunch of animals that don't care. You wouldn't do that. I mean, it's, think about that. You wouldn't do that, sir. No, sir. Do you have a choice? Like sure, you do. There's different areas that you can go to where you're safe where you're safe, where you can camp out. Not everybody's, yeah, people are down there because of convenience, it's a drug, right? They're safer because they're there and they're, they're being protected by those other idiots, why they're idiots. People that we're talking about, you know, I wrote that article, vagrancy versus homelessness. So somebody becomes homeless because of a cause and effect, right? If they're down there and they were in that area, then they have a problem. They're caught up in illegal activity and they're also breaking rules, breaking the law. Otherwise, you wouldn't be down there. You wouldn't. You wouldn't go down there. No, sir. There's other areas. Plenty of areas to be homeless by yourself and to be separated from the pack. When we look at these tents, you know, like there's there's talk of drug addiction and all that, and we a lot of us know about it. Mm -hmm. But are you saying that when we go to Skid Row, most of these people is just all drugs? Is well, it's drugs and mental health. I mean. One of the things I'd like to, do, I, I can answer something. When we do what they call a homeless consensus count, right? You yeah. know, when they do a homeless yeah. count. So, and then I'm gonna answer that question. You know, it'll help the, the, it'll help the viewer understand. So we do a homeless count. Let's say we have 70,000 homeless here in LA, right? Let's just say yeah. 70. So when they say 70,000 homeless, they say 30% are addicted to drugs and they say 15% are mental health, right? Yeah. It's always that, okay. The reason why they say that is actually, out of 70,000, 80% of them are, are addicted to drugs, and I'm gonna explain this to, to the viewer, are addicted to drugs, and 100% and of the homeless have mental conditions. How would you end up in that situation if you didn't have a mental problem? So out of the 70,000, 70,000 of those people suffer from some type of mental problem. So we got 80% addic addiction. The reason why they, they write that, and it's really, it's, it's like a sleight of hand to treat, treat the common person stupid, is think about it. You got 30%, if they're saying 70,000, and we know better, you got 30,000 of them that got drugs and drug addiction, and 50% got mental, mental. How stupid can people be to, to, to look at what they're saying? It would be this, because if you're caught up in drug addiction, there's a cause and effect for the drug addiction, and it's a mental health situation, right? Or you wouldn't do it. It's called co-occurring disorder. So, and the reason they keep the numbers like this, the 15% and the 30% is because of money. Is it 50%? No, 15% <laughs> mental, 30%, okay? So if we were looking at that, if we really looked at that, that's why they go with housing. We need housing, we need housing. No, so if we have, if we really have 80% drug addiction, right? and we got a cause and effect of being homeless 100%, right? You don't have to be a drug addict, 100% people. It's gotta be a mental problem or you wouldn't end up there, right? 100%. Why, what about the poor people? Because we've been told that when you're poor, 
Are the services there's available? A, Can well, you get housing? Well, no, no, there, there's not. But there's a cause. There's a cause and effect why they ended up homeless in the first place. Something happened. Something went wrong, right? Something happened for them to get there. The poor people. If they had a home before, and there's a cause and effect, if something happened, whether Mary was getting beat up by Juan and or whatever or a scenario, and she had to leave, then obviously if she stayed with that long, there's all kinds of scenarios that 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 cause you just don't end up being homeless. We could find excuses, whether it's jobs, or whatever. I can I can give you I can give you an antidote for that. I mean, if you got somebody that's homeless here and they got a family. And, 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 and the job's not paying enough money to get that place, and you're relying on, on government to give it to you, well, you know what? There's other places in the United States that you can go live that you can't afford, right? Hmm. So, so now we got a problem with those individuals. You got a need and a want. Okay, you want to be here in LA, so you want to pay market rate, or, or, or you have a need, I got to take care of my family, take care of myself, and I need a house. Well, if you have a need, then you find a way to take care of that need. You can go over to Mojave and get a two-bedroom apartment for $700, $800 right now in Mojave. And what does it look like when some people get into this homeless, uh, to this environment where there is gangs controlling the blocks yeah. and they have to pay tax? What else do they have to pay? And what does it look like? Can you explain to us what does it look yeah, like? Yeah, one, one of the things that, uh, that I do as well is I'm a... Uh, I'm, I'm a, not just a homeless advocate, but I also speak on issues of sexual abuse and rape. You know, I'm a recovering addict alcoholic. I'm also a survivor of sexual abuse and rape, okay? So stay with it, because I'm under an umbrella of called, you know, Children of the Night. She's a lady that works here and takes prostitutes and people off the streets. You know, her name's uh, Dr. Lee. One of the stories that's not told is, that needs to be told, See, I, I've been out there, you know, doing outreach, and, and I deal, and I talk to a lot of women as well. And uh, we don't talk about what the women go through. You know, there was something that I saw, you know, the doctor, you know, saw about women and about 90%, we can get into that. But the women caught up in homelessness are victimized every day, or they're assaulted or taken advantage, and we don't want to talk about that. How do the mayor or the governor, how many, how many women do they have talking about right now on TV? You don't. You see a guy coming on. My name's Saul, so I'm glad to get an apartment. The, the, the rules of what goes on down there for the women are hellacious. See, yes, women do what they have to do, and they survive because of the drug addiction. You have to understand, when women caught up in homelessness, I'd say 95% of them have carried a child or had a family and they've lost them. Wow. Could you imagine being a mother that had something inside you and, and you lose it, now you gotta deal with the guilt and shame because I, I, I chose cocaine or I chose methamphetamine and now I'm out here on the streets and, and the only way I'm gonna get the money is by giving up my dignity and then, and then the giving up your dignity and then your dignity is taken every day because that's part of the game of being caught up with these sick individuals that are out there. We don't talk about that, but we we want to give we want to give these people homes. No, no, no. You know, if I can get sober and I, I can become a citizen, I can try to give back what I do with the community because I believe I have a, de a debt or an penance to pay for what I've done. Then you know what? Then anybody else can. I'm sitting here today with, with a suit I paid for. I'm driving a car. How did you do this? How did you get out? Well, I was down on Vernon and Western, and I decided I, I didn't want to live like this no more. 
I, I saw what was going on, and what I saw, what I really saw was, uh, I would get up on the corner, I'd get up at, I was at a place called First to Serve on Vernon Western and down the alley uh, where I'd buy my drugs, my methamphetamine. There, there was a girl down in the alley, and I've seen many of them, but this one was different. Her name was Coco, and uh, there were some old couches there, and uh, And I saw what she went through. She was telling me that uh, the things that they were forcing her to do, they didn't give her no money. She wasn't able to get, she wasn't get, able to get high that day. And it was a dirty, filthy couch. And she was the, the most beautiful woman as a woman to talk to. And I saw the suffering and I talked to her. And she had cancer as well. And, and, I, and I, I saw that and it brought back memories of what happened to me. And, and I just, uh, it was it was it was too much, and then uh, walking out and seeing people uh, lay on the street covered with uh, chalk lines, and and people and 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 people covered with sheets over there because of the the gangs and and what was going on over there. And I, I, I just knew I wanted something different and better because I had before. And that was 2018. I just, I just, I became that. And I, I had to do something. There had to be some, some form of dignity, something left in me that I just couldn't die like that. And I apologize to die like that. There's a term, it's called half-ass backwards. It's called half-ass backwards, but to me, I, I didn't want to die not giving something back because I've taken all my life. I wanted somebody to say something good about me. And now you're advocating for, for this. Now you're making a big change by telling your story. Well, I, yeah, I, I talk about the only, the only solution there is, is you have to surrender. You have to surrender to God. I don't care what God you believe in, I believe in my Lord and Savior, but you have to surrender because you have to understand that this is broken because if you're living like that, thinking that every, you, you gotta realize those people down there that live like that, they think tomorrow's gonna be different. So by them thinking it's gonna be different and doing the same thing over and over again, that's insanity. That means this thing's broken. So, so technically the term on the streets was every day you're waking up, you're going into your own neighborhood that's a bad place to go because there ain't no accent. <laughs> <laughs> there, there's not an accent. Now, what about the government officials? You've reached out to them. And oh, so I reached out to all, yeah, they run from me. What do they, well, you know, what do it, they say? How do they run from you? <laughs> well, you know, my articles go out and, 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 and one email goes to everybody. Like the one, I went the, the one you saw in Montecito and the one I wrote in the VC reporter called Transparency. Yeah, they, they got Lang's coming. When I come, nobody, they all say to me, no comment. LA politicians say no comment when it comes to my articles or when I ask them a question. The biggest question that I, I can ask any politician, and it's written about me, it says, Lang Martinez is our validation of what it comes out of homelessness and drug addiction to get, the, to get his life back on track, what resources are needed 
and what resources are lacking. Links are validation. They say that about me. I am a validation, right? So if I'm a validation, I mean, if I'm a validation because I have a platform, then why would they be doing it? So it's actually cheaper to do the housing because we go back to the politicians in regards to the count. So if we have 80% drug addiction and we got 80%, let's say 100% mental health, that's expensive. We got to facilitate. We got, that's a lot more than a hotel room. We got to facilitate. We need doctors. We need nurses. We need detoxification units. I mean, that's, that's a pretty big bill, isn't it? What do you think will happen if we continue down the route that we are continuing with the, for the people that are on the street, for your friends that were there and the people that you saw? It's going to get worse. We're going to see, we're going to see those, uh, those people in those places are going to bring their friends, depending on where the apartment at is at or the, or the project room key, home key is at, we're going to see crimes going up tremendously. It's no longer going to be an isolated. It's going to be everywhere. Absolutely. And what about the people that are victims of this situation, like they, they, the average homeless? Well, you just said that word again. I, I sympathize and I cry for people that don't have the life like I have, okay, or the person that, you know, helped come up here with me. It breaks my heart because you can't have the life that I have. I'm very blessed. We were talking about willing participants, right? Remember we just talked about, I said about, you know, victimizing. Yeah. Or you can continue to be a victim and be a willing participant. They're willing participants. It's what they chose. They can get out of it if they want. Is that or, or well, yeah, you can, you, they can get out of the situation. Yeah, they can make a decision that they don't want longer want to live like that. I did it on I did it on Vernon and Western. You're not locked in like that. No, you can stop. Yeah, I help out many gang members in regards to recovery. Right, they're very familiar with who I am and what I do. I'll help I'll help somebody absolutely. But when you're locked in there, you're, you're, you're there to keep the police away from you. You're there to, to be in a convenience of getting your drugs, right? And it comes with rules. So we've created this underworld society, in a sense, in the middle of our cities with the, is that what you're saying? That it has its own rules and its own system. It's People always, are falling in it. They can get out, but they have to. They have to make the decision. They don't want to live like this no more. It's no different than, than the prisons. You know, in, in regards to the prisons, you know, you, you have certain, certain race groups that run the race groups. You have a person on the top, the same as a person having the keys to the yard in prison, the same thing on the streets. Every neighborhood has somebody that has control of that neighborhood. And in the neighborhoods, you can't do something in somebody's neighborhood unless you pay taxation. You pay taxes. They don't want me telling you, that. yeah, they pay taxes. So if you go into an MS area and you're homeless here, you're gonna pay MS. You know, right. If you go into an 18th Street, you're going to pay 18th Street. If you go into a rolling 30s or a 60 or a crip area, you're going to pay them. Just for having a tent or being on the Or bench. being in that area, yeah. If you're in their area, in their neighborhood, and you're doing some way out stuff, because way out stuff happens, then that means you're bringing some heat onto the neighborhood, right? Hmm. That means you're bringing the cops to the neighborhood. And they might not want you there. There's a lot of people that die, too. You know, there's a term for that too. You know, somebody starts acting stupid, they get too high. You know, there's a term for it. They tell them to get a can of act right. You know, like a can of soda, get a can of act right. Because mm -hmm. you need to act right. Yeah, you so need to act right. So people end up dying by, in the, if they are not in line with these rules, there's- Absolutely. Absolutely, you get, either that or you get, yeah, you get beat up, absolutely. You have to pay. You just can't, you just can't go in and disrupt somebody's house 
they call it their house. So the homeless blocks, you know, whoever's running it, that's my house. You know, his house might be 50 yards, I don't know. You know, it depends on where he's at. So every neighborhood has drug connections and the drug connections are in the neighborhood and the, those drug connections distribute to those people that are homeless in their neighborhood and who's running those blocks. That's how it works. Do you have any recommendations for the politicians? Because there's a lot of money that's going into housing. What do you recommend to them? Well, yeah, they shouldn't be shutting down the prisons. I think they have, uh, they have four prisons online that they're gonna be shutting down. Why are you shutting down the prisons? Are we shutting down the prisons because we can't afford it? Because we, now we, we wanna give, give people that are caught up in criminal behaviors, give them their own place? That's ridiculous. Now, do you have any other thoughts for our audience? Yeah, I think that they need to go back to some of the laws as far as Prop 36. I think they need to be, they got they need to put more people in jail. I, I think there need to be accountability. I think there need to be what they call suspended sentences to to give people options to get the help or not. There, there's a whole kinds of things. I mean, you know, I, I I've been watching the mayor on TV, you know, Bass, and I have no respect for her. You hear all this talk, right? There's no talk about work programs. Why couldn't we take? certain certain type of jobs factory whatever type of jobs education wraparound services and 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 put individuals to work take government money and take it and offer it to the employers a match dollar for dollar take langs hey lang's been sober lang's in a sober living you know what i mean lang's in a shelter lang needs a job okay we'll give lang a job probation period 90 days you know what i mean i have to pay my own way you know, if I want to get the bus, I want to buy the car, I want to buy some, you know what I mean? And then you find somebody that's going to, we could find, there's plenty of people out there that are doing, especially with the government involved. Say, hey, if you give Lang a job, you know, let's say minimum wage is $20, you know, we'll match you, you know, $10, you know, dollar for dollar, and we'll do this for 90-day probation period. And if you like Lang after that, you know what? You know what, you, you hire him on full time, you know, and do different programs like that, as far as bringing back people into, the, in, into society. So essentially getting people back to the workforce. Yeah, education, right, educating the public. The homeless situation isn't just a government problem, it's our problem. It's what, what, what do we do? You know, my, my, heart, my heart goes out to those that are suffering, but, but they're suffering by choice. Not all of them. We should have, we should have re rehabilitation centers that have mental health in them to hold them. We should make it mandatory. There are some individuals out there mentally, they'll never come back, you know what I mean? They're, they're, it's just the way it is, and I'm sorry. Those people should be facilitated. They should be facilitated and kept safe from themselves as well as safe from others, you know what I mean? There's nothing, you know, that's just the way it is. Do they get abused in the streets? Absolutely, absolutely, because, you know, you could take an individual that has mental health problems and, and not take it as medication, and he could do methamphetamine and think that's his medication, and in the psychosis of the high of the drug, he thinks his think it's okay, and this is a lot better than me taking my medication. Yeah, it's bad. You know, you know, they're, they're all this talk, it, it's real. You, you, you got a drug problem, as the officer talked about, as everybody tells you. Well, well those people down there aren't working, are they? Not, not too many of them. Yeah. Okay. Well, who's paying for their drugs? Somebody's got to be paying for them. Who's paying for them? Well, Walmart. Walmart's paying for them. The mall's paying for them. CVS is paying for them. Bonds is paying for them. So they're going into the stores, they're stealing, and Absolutely. they're selling whatever. How do, you, how do you pay for that debt? How much is it to do drugs? So if we're talking about, if we're talking about a fentanyl or the blues, 
Right now you can get it for like $80 a gram. How much is it per month for each person? To it depends on the drug. I, I can't give you a price. You know, methamphetamine is a cheap drug. You know, somebody could spend $10 and go all day. Hmm. Somebody that has a fentanyl problem, you know, a, a gram of fentanyl goes anywhere between on the, up to $80 a day for fentanyl. You know, and then what comes with fentanyl are the overdoses. And they have to do them every day, right? Once every day, yeah. Yeah, you're chasing it. So how does all this make you feel? Because you, you've been in, in this, you've been experiencing the homelessness. You've been on the streets. Sure. And then now you're advocating for the homeless. And then you see what the government is doing. Well, I'm caught up in politics a little bit, too. So, so it's not so much, some call me an advocate, but some call me a critic. I'm not your typical homeless advocate. You know that. Uh, you know, tip, your typical homeless advocate is talk, going out there, talking to that, you know, going out there giving food, and these people, these people, these people need housing. Now, these people need to transition in the housing. We need a place to put them to, before they get any type of housing. Some of these people can do their, pay for their own housing. You know what I mean? We don't have to give it to them. I mean, we're, we're talking about a give me thing, but we're not talking about what comes with sick people when we give these things. I mean, if you, you know, Tesla's got a beautiful, I like Tesla. So let's say Tesla's 100,000. If you were to give me the Tesla, or I was to pay for the Tesla, which Tesla would I take care of? I'd probably take care of the one that I earned. These people aren't earning anything. What we're doing is we're, condone, we're condoning criminals. You know, I was very fortunate. Uh, the mayor of Santa Barbara read my article, and I went out there and met with the mayor, uh, his name's Randy Rouse, and he said, Lang, you're right, and uh, we're gonna change our housing first project. That's the first politician that said that in Santa Barbara. He said the housing first project that's working out here. And he said, we're gonna change it, Lang. And he invited me out there, and he spent about an hour or so talking to me. And they invited me to come back out there again. Yeah. Lang Martinez? Homeless Advocate, it was great to have you on California Insider. It was my honor being here. It was a pleasure, sir. If you like the show and our content, you should go to insiderca.com and sign up to our newsletter because we never know what can happen with social media and other platforms in terms of distributing our content. If you'd like to come on the show and be an insider, you can reach out to us at Insider at epochtimesca.com. Again, it's CA Insider at epochtimesca.com. We would love to have you on the show to tell us what's going on in your field in California. Thank you for watching.